Welcome to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, where our gang of sci-fi fans will boldly go where few fans have gone before. Okay, not really, but we'll have fun discussing and interacting with our favorite shows and films from all over the sci-fi universe. We love Trek the most, but our love for Trek means we have a great appreciation for sci-fi in general. Join our panel of sci-fi fans from all over North America and beyond as we share our opinions and thoughts on this deep and incredibly diverse genre of storytelling. Our mission here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast is to entertain and have fun, so you'll hear all types of views in a light and fun atmosphere. If you love sci-fi, this is the perfect space station for you to dock at. We invite you to come aboard and stay a while. You've got friends right here on the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Do 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 do. You unlock this podcast with the click of a mouse. Beyond that is a discussion of sci-fi, a discussion of TV shows, a discussion of movies, a discussion of literature. You are moving in an area of both fact and opinion, of things and idea. A signpost up ahead. You've crossed over into the big sci-fi podcast. Good evening, everyone. I opened with that way because we're going to be talking about an interesting subject in science fiction that is both polarizing and it has definite issues of what? And that is the discussion of time travel in both movies and TV shows. And I'm going to uh, introduce, of course, our wonderful group of podcasters. Is that right? And I'll, let's go in alphabetical order as we usually do. Please, my dear. Hi, I'm Adina Mignona, science fiction author. And I'm Brian Donahue, church planner, musician, and author. And I'm Christian Fox, and I'm a podcaster about Star Trek and resolver of conflicts. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> and I'm a little bit nervous now that we've entered the big sci-fi podcast, which sounds horrifying. It is. It is mysterious. It is interesting. We have to tell people that none of us knew that, that was what Steve was going to do to open tonight. Yeah. That <laughs> so was all a surprise. I did everything I could to like not burst out laughing. I watched Brian nearly spit take <laughs> his drink. I that, that coffee almost no went idea. through my nose. <laughs> it was funny, but when I hear that, it's anxiety-inducing knowing that one day you're finally, nope, you just entered this new reality. And people are doing that. Yes, Steve, that was fantastic, man. I yes. about came out of my skin in excitement for that. That was cool. And then I was like trying not to laugh watching you. <laughs> that's okay, because that's that's part of the that's part of what makes this whole group work so well. Our individual spontaneity, our individual reaction to things, and our individual contributions, and that's what makes I think this podcast the podcast zone. Yes, <laughs> that's great. So, um, but before we get into our discussion about the podcast, uh, about Twilight Zone, excuse me, I'm sorry, part, pardon me, about <laughs> time travel, um, as we always like to do, was there any follow-up to last podcast, which was uh, quite fun? I, you have any more jokes for us, Adina? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was all the, uh, I, I don't think so. Although who knows what's going to come out of my mouth tonight as yeah. we talk about time travel, but Ooh. no, this, since last week, I actually have done a lot of writing. I even went to a writer's retreat this weekend, so I haven't oh. watched much, mm -hmm. but I wrote a lot. What Very happens excited. at a writer's retreat? 
Well, at this one, this was one that me and some a group of friends who are writers, we just made it up. We rented an Airbnb about an hour away and decided we were just going to do this. And we hadn't done it before. And we showed up. We had dinner Friday night. We talked about writing. Saturday morning, we woke up. We all kind of did our own thing. We, and so Friday night, we talked about our plans, what we were going to do. Saturday, we did it. Uh, there was food in the kitchen, like to graze on all day. <laughs> and then we had like a potluck dinner, talked about writing and then repeat on Sunday till checkout time. That, was oh, that it. sounds great. It was awesome. That's a good collective thought process where you mm-hmm. share ideas about writing or mm-hmm. you discuss about what you're currently writing yep. in those. Oh, yep. great. And the group, there was seven, I was one of seven women and I'd say at least half of us do science fiction or science fiction fantasy. And so we wound up talking a lot about science fiction too and other things that we've read or watched and how it all relates. Yeah. You used one of my favorite all-time words to describe your weekend and that was the word potluck. <laughs> just I'm I'm in. All you got to say to Brian Donahue is potluck or all you can eat and I'll I'll try. I'll try it. Oh nice. We we ate a lot. I ate more brownies this weekend than I have in like several years combined i let myself oh, eat cookies and brownies and all the carby treats you got to keep your you got to keep your energy going if you're going to have intelligent discussions with mm-hmm. people about writing yep and for those who are are writers out there just so you know i wrote 14,000 words between saturday and sunday and my plan was to do as many like short or flash fiction pieces as I could. So 15, 14,000 words, 15 unique stories. Probably only five of them are worth picking up and doing something with, but still, it was just neat to have the creative juices going. That process is so important. That That is one of the most important pieces of information a professor ever gave me in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing a... a it was a very basic level English course at a local community college here as I was getting my feet wet in college right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And she said, get get it down on paper mm-hmm. and keep going. Yep. And then and and get the story out of you. And then go back and worry about the details and develop and all that mm-hmm. stuff. She said, Get the story out. It's gotta come out. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid about your, you know, don't worry about your grammar as much as, you know, just get the story down because yep. it might not be there tomorrow. What you think <laughs> you'll remember tomorrow oftentimes is not there. So yep. it was Trust very your short-term good. memory. It may fail, you know? Yeah. <laughs> can't edit anything you don't write. Mm-hmm. Or wait, what is this line? It's you can't edit a blank page. Oh, Someone right. said that. Okay. Someone like famous said that. I don't, not me. <laughs> Although I agree. Chris, anything with yourself from this past week? Yeah, so it was quite, I didn't mention this uh, before the show or off air, as we say, but um, a friend of mine for my birthday. Yes, uh, it's, got, it was your birthday. Right. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. It was my birthday a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, but she wanted to watch me watch this, but she was able to get Robert Ricardo to send me a birthday greeting. <gasps> And so he told a really funny joke that I can't remember now that I'm thinking about it, about like how many, I think, how many trackies does it take to change a light bulb or something? But it was just, I was in shock because he was like, not only just saying, oh, happy birthday, but it was like, she put in so much information that she knew about me. So he was having a conversation with me 
which wow. was just incredible where he's like, Oh, I hear you have a podcast. I hear you really like food. And then he was like describing a meal that he was going to make. And I'm oh, like, this is awesome. incredible. So that was kind of like the big thing. Um, and then so I was watching cool. a bunch of uh, Star Wars Rebels. It's kind of the other big thing. Brian, anything with yourself this past week? Um, just hanging out with family, which is good. Um, we've been trying to have a lot of extra family time lately. And uh, just it's, the weather here in Ohio has been freezing cold and very snowy. So the last few days, we've actually had nothing but blue skies, which we don't know what to do when there's not a cloud in the sky here in Northeast Ohio. So uh, we kind of wonder what's happening in the world. <laughs> when we actually see blue skies. So we've been we've been enjoying that and just the little blessings in life, our kids and um so no complaints here. Well well for me, um two things. Number one, um I do do volunteer work at children's hospital and one of the jobs I do there uh is walking people to their various appointments and so on, you know, inside the children's hospital. And so I get on the elevator and the door opens up and a mom and a little boy gets on. And this little boy is wearing the most perfect Spider-Man outfit. I mean, it was head to toe, even the type of mask, the way that the spider, uh, Spider-Man pulls it over his face. That was the type of mask. Awesome. So I said to him, and he must have been about five or six. I said, that is a really cool Spider-Man outlet out to me that's a really cool spider-man outfit and without missing a beat he said oh yes tony stark made it for me that's incredible and i went I, I i was like well tony spark tony stark is a really smart man he goes yes he is <laughs> and it awesome. just blew me away i it, it it made that moment so special i i i, I meet these really intelligent and smart funny kids but that one was just he just said it like it was the real, it was real, like Tony Stark really made him that outfit. And the other thing I did, because you had, it was on our list of comedy movies, we, uh, I got to watch uh, Free Guy. Okay. Oh, cool. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was entertaining. It was, it was complex. They had a lot, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on and traditional bad evil guy steals from the nice young cool kids and so on it's it's but ryan reynolds he is so funny mm -hmm. he does his lines his facial expressions that i just i just it's a, it's a pleasure to watch him act it really is and when he's given good material he's truly a joy he's a canadian gift to america let's put it that way <laughs> you know yeah, so i, I Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, sometimes I forget that he's Canadian because I'm just so used to every good actor being American that it's like, oh, right, we have good actors too. Yeah, yeah like you William do. Shatner. You have so many. <laughs> yeah, oh I know. But it's you just have the greatest forget. Canadian actor of all time, William Shatner. Yep. And William Shatner's greatest moment was during the Canadian uh, uh, Winter Olympics when he was the host for the closing <laughs> ceremony and it was uh, hilarious well, oh my god is, like I was, that somehow. was really? christopher plummer canadian though too mm -hmm. yeah christopher plummer was canadian i got to yeah. see him live once oh wow at, at, there's a uh, great go ahead chris we keep talking over each other oh sorry i was gonna say no i um saw him at stratford so he was doing live sh like doing shakespeare which wow. was incredible it was just wild to see the real Christopher Plummer wow. doing Shakespeare. There is a great um, 
I don't know if it's a little mini documentary, but it's basically Bill Shatner and Christopher Plummer sitting down talking about their early theater days together. And it is, if you love acting, if you love Shatner, if you love Plummer, you love their Star Trek connection, um, and you just love their work in general, it is it is gold. It is absolutely fabulous. What's really interesting to me is in at least one of the, the audiobooks I've listened to that Shatner wrote about himself, he talks about how he, when he was an up-and-coming actor, Christopher Plummer was one of his heroes. And it's, it's pretty amazing to me, you know, like, even the heroes have heroes, right? Yeah. I, I love that kind of concept. And the mm-hmm. fact that then he got to work with his hero, you know, he's Captain Kirk, yet he is starstruck by Christopher Plummer playing a Klingon, you know, in his show and his universe, basically. That, that had to have been just, that's a, a weird, amazing feeling. Well, it's interesting you said that because one of my true heroes is Jonathan Winters, the comedian. Oh, really? Okay. And who is also one of his heroes, but was Robin Williams. Mm. They, he looked at Jonathan Winters like, that's the man. So, mm-hmm. And I did actually get a chance one time to meet Jonathan Winters when my man, you know, got 35 years ago with my daughter. And I just had to thank him for being the funniest man I'd ever known. And he is, was, you know, so again, they do have, heroes have hero mm-hmm. worshippers. Yes. You know, yep. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I think with that bit of business done, we can move in today's discussion, which is about time travel. And I, I posed some questions, as I did the last time, to the group uh, to tell us what is your you know, favorite either TV series, TV episode, or movie that has to deal with time travel as a major plot point. What ones disappointed you? didn't make you like you could find fault in it because of the the, the way it was done and uh, you know if, if if you had a problem with it how did that affect the story how did it um, pull it back or did it improve it and um, and it, how would the butterfly effect fall into play with uh, with the particular movie or TV show that you liked or disliked and uh, how that was handled so <clears throat> excuse me for that so uh, I leave the table open to anyone who would like to uh, start discussing what what are their favorite or least favorite episodes of TV or movie that has to do with the subject of time travel. Oh, and one other question, and I have, and I was going to ask you this: Do does tri- time travel exist right now? Does it exist at this moment? Ooh. Yes or no? That's the brilliant thing is we would never know if it did or didn't. Well. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be listening to this episode, which means we'll have we'll be interacting with the past. And so right now, anything we're saying, we're talking to our future selves. So we're time traveling right now. <laughs> and, and that's a good point, because I, I look at saying when you travel from east to west, you gain time. You get right. hours that you didn't have before. You can relive again. You can use those hours one way or the other. And when you go into the, you go ahead, you lose time. You're in the future. You, I mean, right now, I'm talking to you folks, and we're all in different time zones. And I get an extra hour, couple hours that you don't have. No, but, but we have them already. Yeah. But see, that's the, so there you go. That's, that's one of the <laughs> weird paradoxes of time travel. My wild theory is that if someone ever went back in time and altered history, we would never know because 
we would just think that was the way it always was. So that's my thing. I don't think it exists, but I like to think about that. Well, I, I, I like to, th I like to think, and, and I've got a theological answer, but I won't do that on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like to think that there is so much about the universe we don't know. So if, so if you drew a circle, okay, and said, you know, Steve, shade in that circle. The circle represents all knowledge, all scientific knowledge, any type of knowledge there is, is mm -hmm. inside this circle, okay? Shade in how much of that circle of all knowledge that ever was, ever will be, whatever, do you actually know? And if we're honest with ourselves, we're going to shade in probably a very small portion of that circle. So my answer is, and, and it's kind of an easy answer, easy out, but um, we just don't know. But mm -hmm. it could because of the very little bit of knowledge that I actually have. And that we even have as a society about what we know about our universe, I say it sure could be possible that one day that could happen or is happening in some weird way around us that we don't even know or understand. It's frightening, though, to think mm -hmm. about that. It's actually a terrifying concept to think, as we saw in Enterprise when they talked about the temporal war or other parts right. of science fiction time travel it's actually a pretty it could it might be one of the most terrifying concepts in all of science fiction but in one sense if we could create and we have we are in the process of we either have launched already remarkably powerful telescopes but if one of those telescopes could look back at a distant star we are again we would see the surface of that planet what what was happening mm -hmm. if we could see Alpha Centauri and one of the planets right. on that, we would see what happened four years ago. Is that right? If, mm -hmm. I think something it, like that. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, I, while I, you know, I joke that, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to listen to this podcast and mm -hmm. it's like we're hearing from the past. I, I, I joke about that because obviously there's no, it's a one way street. I'm not really interacting with it. I'm just listening to a recording. It's not, it really mm -hmm. is not the same thing. And I would say, you know, when we take a telescope and we look to distant stars and the light that we're seeing, the images we're seeing is representations of the past. It's no different. So I don't really think it's time traveling, even though I'll joke about it, certainly. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think, especially as a, as someone with a degree in physics, <laughs> I, I don't think that time travel is possible in the ways that we're used to thinking about it in science fiction. Mm -hmm. And, and most of that is because I hope it doesn't exist. Because I, I get into this is going to be a very melancholy answer. So I really apologize if I uh, start to bum people out. <laughs> but the reason why I really hope it doesn't exist is because I think about that paradox where if it does, how come we've never met a time traveler? And then you can say, well, because they're smarter enough to, you know, know that they shouldn't interfere, yada, yada. And I don't buy that because humans, we're never going to be that smart. You know, you might have a group of people who generally agree, but there's going to be that one person who does something stupid or right, doesn't yeah. agree, you know. So I don't buy that for the paradox. So the other answer is, or one of the other possible answers is we destroy ourselves as a complete race or something happens before we have the opportunity to discover how time travel works. Mm 
And that is the most melancholy bumming out of answers. So I'd rather just accept that time travel doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know why that, that answer made me laugh. Like it's melancholy, but it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, we're- It's we're so, so absurd that it's, yes. That yeah. we would actually- yeah, we're dumb enough to kill ourselves before we can well, figure it out. And but that, see, this enough. is where it's. I would say not even we're dumb enough. It might be something that truly is beyond our control, and where we talk about like an asteroid or a comet hitting the planet, and you know something that we really don't have any control over at this point. Um, yeah. So sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> and my my thought is is this: it it can't happen. It cannot happen because if someone from the future came back in time to our period right now. That means that we're living in the past. Right. And that yeah. the future has already happened. And, yeah. and so if, if that's that paradox of if someone was to come back in time and try to alter the past, well, he's only altering our present. And it's still part of his future because it's all set that the future is uh, that mm -hmm. time has already expired. It's already way off there. And we're just living in the past because if we can go in the past to go back to the future, so to speak, well, that means that we're living in the present or are we living in the future or are we living in the past? It's, you know, that's a confusing concept, and, but. And I love like, all of it. Like the wormhole <laughs> aliens would say, must you be so linear? <laughs> or yeah. Q would say that too. There, there are several species I think that we've encountered that would say something like that. Oh yeah, they like all that. say like I think the prophets would do the the linear mm -hmm. thing. I think Q would just say, "Oh, you're not you're not uh, four dimensional enough, or you're not mm -hmm. developed enough, or something." Yeah. But movies and TV shows give us the right to do whatever we darn please because mm -hmm. we can travel. <laughs> excuse me, we can mm -hmm. travel to the deep future. We can go way into the past and see dinosaurs and no one can say we're wrong because it is fiction so mm -hmm. um anyway to get back into the discussion um in alphabet again well maybe in alphabetic order uh adina is there any particular movie or tv show that you like or dislike or drove you crazy or like wow this really could happen well that it, it's really hard because if there was something that I truly didn't like, I'm not, I'm not thinking of, about it. And that's not to say that Back to the Future, I love the Back to the Future movies. I would say as a time, if you think deeply about their version of time travel, there's a lot of flaws, but that's mm -hmm. not the you know purpose of the movie. The time travel is just a mechanism for all the other mm -hmm. stuff. So I can't think of a movie where the time travel bothered me, you know, because it's, I feel like we know if we're getting some time travel. We have to accept that it's, there's going to be problems. It's going to be hokey. Um, so I, I think I, I love, you know, so I generally love time travel. I think it's fun because I think a lot of it helps you think about or answer the question, you know, like what if, you know, um, maybe or maybe not. But, you know, Star Trek obviously has done a lot of time travel. And I generally am pretty happy with it, you know, even if it's flawed from a scientific and paradoxical standpoint, mm -hmm. I think it still makes for some interesting stories and is still fun. And we saw, you know, as I, I wrote a, a blog post recently on, on Star Trek original series episodes, and as I was going through it, there were really a lot of episodes where there was some form of time travel. There mm -hmm. were several, uh, which is nice because it set it up well. So when we got to Star Trek for the voyage home, 
it was easy. Okay. Yeah. We know that they know how to time travel, slingshot around the sun, pick up enough speed. You're in time warp. If you don't, you're fried, you know, exactly. easy peasy. And I'm perfectly happy to, in the context of the Trek universe, accept that, 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 that happens and that, that is fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm generally a very pro time travel person. As long as the rest of everything else is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I lo- there's, there's a phrase in theater um, called willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if a film or TV show or book it has me in that zone where I'm just escaping and I'm it, I'm along for the ride, um, I think I'm generally okay with that type of storytelling. It's it's the odd time when, and I'm sure there's examples where it's kind of weird and it didn't really help the plot. It was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't know why they did that too. Um, but I just, I, I think if if I'm in the zone, if they're doing it well, that willing suspension of disbelief, I'm happy to play along. Mm-hmm. Just like Back exactly. to the Future. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. They're just fun, fun films to watch and to not analyze and go, well, that could never happen or this couldn't, you know. It's entertainment and it's mm-hmm. fun. And so I think that's 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 one reason why I think it's I, I love this way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, the, the I, I went research and the first book, first bit of literature ever written about time travel was H.G. Wells book, mm-hmm. The Time Machine. And to me, my favorite time travel movie of all time is the 1960 George Powell, mm. The Time Machine with Rod Taylor. Yes. And what I love about it is that he goes into the future. He doesn't make any changes. He doesn't alter it. He doesn't whatever. He just witnesses it as it's happening. And he makes these little stops along the way. And as, as he stops, he, realize, he sees what's happened to the world and how it's changed and so on. And at the very end, when he encounters the Morlocks and the Elos, Elok, Elos? Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he realizes, I now can help the future. He goes back to his time and retrieves three books to take to back to the future, to use that phrase, mm-hmm. uh, to help rebuild their society. And I just thought that that was just so, he went back to his point of origin he had, uh, you know, when they find it, they find him the, uh, at the end. They see where he has dragged his machine back to be at the very spot where he'll meet the character that he wants to meet again. It's a beautiful movie. And it's because it's, it's linear. You're going only one direction. And there's no changes to worry about with the, with the, bre- the butterfly effect because he's going the other direction. So I was, that's, that's my favorite one. And of, as you mentioned about Star Star Trek, Assignment Earth, I love that episode. Oh yep. yeah, I absolutely. And it really, it, it's it it's not even a time travel. They just pop them back there, but it was just it, it gave them to a chance to have other characters develop. And I just love that episode. I really do. That was the but, Gary Seven episode, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. so Terry Gar. Gonna be yeah, because that TV. that huh? was going to be and uh, they that was supposed to be like a pilot for another TV show that didn't take off. You know, good for well, lucky for us, not lucky for us, but I guess I'm glad it was still a Star Trek episode, or I'm glad that they I think that was the reason why there was such an emphasis on those other characters Mm -hmm. that there wouldn't necessarily have been in any other Star Trek episode because, yeah, that was a great episode. But whereas the other one they did where they went back in time is which was uh, Tomorrow is Yesterday, Mm -hmm. 
there was so much convolution things happening when they went back the getting the pilot on the enterprise trying to replace get him back it you know it's like you're you're trying to rebuild you're trying to uh, unscramble an egg it seemed mm -hmm. to be that that was but that was one of the first well, i think that was the very first time travel episode that they yeah, did yeah i think so yeah so but now now they did other interesting time travel episodes that were you know not them using the enterprise to go back you know mm -hmm. there was city on the edge of forever where there was the the guardian that sent them back and then what was the one that were on the planet with the librarian oh um oh uh savage not savage curtain that's the other one mm -hmm. oh gosh i gotta have uh, to look this up but it's like season three i was eating m&ms on a mm -hmm. plane watching that in 2005 i can tell oh you that <laughs> i can't remember but, the name but i remember <laughs> where i was what i ate the yeah. m&ms were good you know <laughs> like a going back to gary going back to gary seven greg uh -huh. cox wrote a great i think two book series uh, around the eugenics war it's called the eugenics wars the rise and fall of khan Nuni, and singh oh yeah so gary seven comes into that story oh wow um so if you've never read that i know they're on audio i've got a cd set of it on audiobook here um but it's a great it's a great way if you want more of gary seven and that stuff it's a great way to mm -hmm. follow up on that all our yesterdays yes oh, that was geez. it okay. very good i don't know why i didn't remember that that's embarrassing we're all we're all having our our brain moments today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And legally, I'm only one who's supposed to have the senior moment, but let's go on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I introduce a couple ideas Ooh. for this? Um, uh, I, I've got a I've got a sentimental favorite time travel film, and that is Star Trek: First Contact. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. can't help mm -hmm. it. And and I gotta say though, I was very skeptical coming into it because I was like. We've already done time travel in a major motion picture in Star Trek. Why can't they come up with a different story to tell the story they ultimately want to tell? But it was done so well. Mm -hmm. It was so entertaining. It was engaging. It was, you know, you had the Borg as a part of it, of course. And how they talked about that, the Borg going back in time to change Earth's history to make it easier to assimilate them. You know, I just... Really good storytelling, well done too, and so that's my sentimental favorite. I, I t the Time Machine, the original Time Machine film that Steve mentioned, was the first thing that popped in my head. Though that that I remember watching that as a kid and just going, "Wow!" Um, just being mm -hmm. absolutely amazed. And I have uh, another film, but I may be stepping out of the lines a little bit with it. But it's some of the concept here is the film Frequency. Oh, that's wild. That's totally on point. Which is not, they're not traveling. It's, it's Jim Caviezel and his, in the current day, is on a ham radio that his dad had, who is played by Dennis Quaid. Mm -hmm. And um, somehow the northern lights are happening and somehow Jim Caviezel, the adult son, is now talking to his father in the past. Oh, wow. And they start to interact, and they don't know how long this is going to happen, how long they're going to have this time together. And then Dennis Quaid actually helps – no, Jim Caviezel actually helps Dennis Quaid make a different decision at the end of the film because one of Jim Caviezel's big problems is – 
his dad died. He was a fireman, died in a fire, tragically. So there's that interact. It's got Andre Brower in it, too, who's a great actor and mm-hmm. um, been in a bunch of stuff. But that is kind of one. So I'm glad to hear Chris say that counts. Um, yeah, no, that's even though really there wasn't cool traveling, their voices were traveling across time. Well, but that's exactly the right thing. It's information, you know, mm-hmm. that, and that's to me is the difference between we're just watching something that was recorded in the past versus that interaction. To me, it's the interaction yeah. in some way, shape or form that is what makes it time travel. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you brought up that movie because I did this is a little self-serving moment, <laughs> but <laughs> I wrote a story. It's it's actually it's on my blog. It's called A Time Travel Story. Mm. And it's in some ways very similar to the movie Frequency. But after my father passed away, I just wrote this story kind of like if I could get information back to him at key points. Right. You know, so he could find out he had cancer sooner. You know, that kind of thing is that's what inspired the story. Um, mm. It's not really what it didn't work in the, and I think that was kind of what I was getting at when I wrote the story where it was like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's never going to, you know, no matter what you do, it's never going to work kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but yeah. My, that's interesting. Adina. And in my two, um, I've got two episodes of television and they're both Star Trek cause I'm boring and pretty one dimensional um, <laughs> is time zero part one and two from the mm-hmm. next generation. Okay. That one's yeah. where they get, where, um, those weird, cre- they step through that weird light portal and they go back to the 19th you know, and da- century to and find data in Mark Twain and Guinan is there with Mark Twain. <laughs> it's very, mis- that's inexplicable. One of the great mysteries of the next gen. And how, why is Guinan having, you know, good friends with Mark Twain? They don't really explain it, but it's great fun. Mm-hmm. So it's that willing suspension of disbelief. So I love that two part episode. I, I, there's a lot of great fun stuff in there of the crew interacting with especially their um landlady right um, yeah and then <laughs> how can we not talk about if we're going to talk about great star trek time travel episodes trials and tribulations mm-hmm. from deep space yeah, nine that was probably one of the best um all around time travel episodes so i i am now quiet with my boring self and i'll let other more no, interesting you did people really good thank you okay i have a few then <laughs> please do um, so of course, like for my favorite, I've talked about the voyage home a lot. So, I mean, I think it's a great time travel story because the time travel doesn't get in the way. My only thing is like, I, I do want to know what would happen if you were to bring an extinct species into a different time. Like, I don't know how, if, if the whales would mess up the biology underwater or the marine biology, but it's not really a big issue. But I guess like the big one I want to talk about that is my favorite would have to be Back to the Future Part 2. I know Part 2 isn't the most popular, but I love how convoluted it is. My favorite thing is this idea that you can go into the future, steal a book, and then have, go back into the past, get that stolen, and then have to then go into the present and realize, oh, you're in this alternate present. And just all of the stuff they get into and them mm-hmm. having to go back to the past again and marty having to i guess steal back the book even though his past self is also there so i love all the convoluted stuff um i really honestly never get tired of that i can watch that all the time and i'd have to say my least favorite time travel story is also star trek it's um, voyager endgame (laughs) because i love endgame but the thing that bugs me about it is i feel like it cheapens like having an admiral from the future come back and save them, I feel like cheapens 
the storyline because mm. I there's there's so there's a few things so they mention in the episode that okay if they didn't take the technology from Admiral Janeway then they would have been in there for 23 years and so I feel like if you look at it that way that Voyager crew got got out way too easily and now there's like 16 years of experience that they're not going to have that Admiral Janeway didn't think was worthy even though they consistently make the argument that oh, we need to be here because those seven years, look at all we've changed or look at all we've done. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of problematic. And then the future that Captain Janeway was trying to like change didn't seem to be bad enough to me to warrant uh, altering it. Because if you look mm -hmm. at it, it was only Seven and Chakotay that died and granted a lot of those characters. But realistically, everything else was fine. Everything was hunky-dory. And I feel like if you are going to play the we have to go back in time to save the future, then mm -hmm. your present has to be devastated. Like it should have been a future that was destroyed by the Borg to warrant, okay, we're going back in time. Now, my final issue with it is it sets up the precedent. And I know Star Trek always sets up that idea that you can just go back in time. But like, I just picture like this kind of humorous montage of different things happening that are really horrible. And then different characters from, from the future coming back and be like, I'm from the future. Here's some technology. Let's get out. You know, let's solve it. Yeah, but we know that they they try to not do that. And it was interesting the way you, you started saying that because you started out by saying an admiral from the future came to help them. It's not just right. an admiral. It's, it's well, Janeway. It's <laughs> and again, and it's different. Like, I think, you know, we have to put ourselves in her shoes because, yes, you know, she lost Chakotay. She lost seven of nine. But I think she is just riddled and racked with guilt that they didn't get home sooner. And so I think it's it's really showing us kind of like the she is human and not perfect and riddled with guilt about not doing better and was going to do everything to, you know, do what she perceived to be better. So there's no yeah. like greater decision. You know, it's not like there was a bunch of admirals, you know, sitting around the table saying, you know, we need to right. send them some technology. To no, she acted on her own. I mean, she convinced some people to help her, but she mm -hmm. acted on her own, you know, I think because of her own desires right. right and i totally get that it's just like she is just changed like there's entire lives there's yeah. probably people that won't even be born because she changed it yeah and yeah. i just don't think that like usually if characters go back and change something it's because something really horrible happens and it just seemed like everything was hunky-dory to the point where she even gets some you know gets some challenges by some other captains in uh the relaunch series mm -hmm. so it just seems like it's it just seemed very reckless but yes, I think that's exactly the point is the fact that that it's reckless for it's yeah. her, you know, I, I, right. It is. And I know Janeway is reckless, but it just I don't know. There's just a lot like the recklessness mm -hmm. and the fact that it just seems like an easy out. And it's almost like it would have been I think it would have been better if either the future was so different and so horrible that we didn't want to see that the the. I don't even know how to phrase it. So it would have been easier if we had seen like a really dark, hor horrible future. And then we could accept, okay, that's why she's coming mm -hmm. to save them. But it just, it, when you hear that the original timeline should have been 23 years, it feels like it just cheapens. I don't even know how to phrase that either. Not cheapens it, but it's just like the characters weren't getting the full experience. Like the crew isn't getting the full experience that they should have been getting. When you look at Chakotay and his time travel episode, Mm -hmm. um, and he basically makes the argument that, no, we should be in the, we need to stay in the Delta Quadrant and we can't change it. Mm -hmm. 
because of look at how all these characters have grown look at all the good that we've done mm-hmm. and so now Janeway's saying well those other 16 years they just don't count for anything they're yeah. not relevant well what it what could have been in a hypothetical situation could have been very interesting where okay so before admiral Janeway goes back right. let's yeah. say she took her crew or the ones that were alive at the time she sits them all down at the table and she says hey look you had the opportunity, Tom Paris. Would you go back, Bolana? Would you go back? You know, like, and it's a good chance that none of them would say yes. That she's probably be the only one. But she so. didn't ask. But that's exactly it. She didn't ask him. She did act unilaterally. And I think to me, that's what mm-hmm. kind of makes it interesting too is the fact that she decided for all of right or wrong. She decided possibly wrong, but she decided for everybody. Yeah, and that's frustrating, but we do get to see like Admiral Janeway versus Captain mm-hmm. Janeway, which I think which is that a was interesting. I really like that great dynamic between yeah. the two. There is there is one way to solve all of this. The okay. perfect Voyager series ending, the last scene in the film or in the in the in the series should have been Admiral Janeway in bed sleeping with the lights off. Okay? She rolls over Turns on her little light, and Bob Newhart is right next to her. <laughs> that would have been the no, best no, way to. Right. Yeah. That's still the greatest ending of a series of all time. You're absolutely right. Agreed. I feel like I'm missing um, that reference. Oh, it's the very last episode of Newhart. It's genius. Okay. Um, Brian, I'm going to support your choice about um, First Contact, and I'm going to support it with another movie that is a great time travel movie. We, we talked earlier and I say how, you know, we talk about is time linear, you know? So we see in First Contact, no matter what happens, they defeat the Borg. No matter what happens, they launch the Phoenix on time. It's where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be so that First Contact happens so that all of the future of Star Trek can occur. And in the enterprise episode about the borg episode yeah there's a line in it where archer says yes um cochran talked about people from the future helping him to um do the <laughs> phoenix but then he recounted it later saying he was just joking so there's your linear example of mm-hmm. where the the continuation of the story goes in that it did happen taking them all the way to the point in in um star trek next generation where they end up going back. So you do have a loop happening, a time loop, but the time loop is set because it is part of the, the past is part of the future and so on. And the other movie that supports that is without a doubt, it's the Terminator. Mm. Mm, okay. Those are good the movies. Terminator goes back in time. His, his <laughs> Connor's father goes back in time. They battle, but at the end, of the movie Sarah Connor says a storm's coming because she couldn't stop the robot war she couldn't stop the AIs from taking over it was going to happen because the future and the fast past were still one linear even though they interacted with each other and that's what I loved about the Terminator that it wasn't you know like oh we didn't solve it all oh we we didn't end the future from happening it's going to happen because it's already set. And that's why I really think your choice, uh, Brian, is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things, because like, I want to get into first context. I have lots of questions about it. If we're going to, mm-hmm. if we can get nerdy, but the thing with Terminator, like 
are you when you're thinking about that are you counting like all like the new one uh which was the most recent one that came out a couple years ago genesis? or just no uh not no, genesis no. the genesis was like the really really bad one i think it was dark fate am i mistaken in that i don't think i've seen that i think i meant oh to see oh it. you're talking oh you're right i'm yeah. sorry you're right genesis was before then you had the one where you had sarah connor once again reprising her role because it just seemed like with that one, it was like, okay, so the same thing was, it felt like it was the same storyline from Terminator 1. So I just, the time travel in that confuses me. Because I'm like, is there ever a point where they can, quote unquote, save the day? Or are they just stuck? No, they can't. And that's the that's the thing of it is, is that there was never a plan to be a Terminator 2 or 3 or 65 or whatever. It right. was a complete story. It's, they go back in time. They, they do battle. And and as they got into each one, they just made them more convoluted, liquid metal and so on. It got to be just, you know, it, it, you, you were you were polluting the story where the original one. And that's, I tell people the original Terminator is not a science fiction film. It's a love story. That's what it is. Very interesting. Yeah. I propose right now, folks, that we have a segment of our podcast um, that we're going to introduce right now for the first time in all any of all any of the four of us have to do to introduce this segment to each podcast or whenever it happens is just simply raise a hand and say confession time okay <laughs> so confession time i have never seen a single second of any of the terminator films what wow oh. So that's the impact confession time has. So don't take it lightly, guys, wow. okay? It's when you want to reveal something about yourself, about something you have not seen, confession time, and then everything stops and we listen to the confession. So I haven't seen, I'm just, we'll talk about that later, but we'll just, we'll just, I, I've never seen a single second of the Terminator films. I only recently saw them like maybe two or three years ago. So it was just one of those that was just never on my list. I was like, okay, I got to sit down and watch them. See, I saw the, you know, original ones, especially the one that I think, I guess it was Terminator 2 that came out in the like 1990-ish, you know, when I was in oh, high school. Yeah. So that was, that was a big deal, you know, big blockbuster sci-fi movie at a time when I could be totally into that. Um, but yeah, the recent ones I haven't seen, but not to see any, mm -mm. especially like the classic, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, I'll be back. Wow. Mm -hmm. He was great. Are we supposed to like now forgive cop. you during like um, confession time? Do we like say something to forgive no, you? No, 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 no. It's just you can <laughs> you can either be amazed or we can move right along with, okay. you know, <laughs> nobody cares or whatever. But I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, I have a book about the original Star Wars movie. And in it, there's a cartoon sequence where the guy says two old men are talking to each other. And one guy says, I've never seen I got to make a confession. I've never seen any Star Wars. I, I've never seen Star Wars. I must be the only person on earth who ever hasn't seen it. And the other guy shoots him dead. And he goes, now I'm the only person who's never <laughs> seen Star Wars. <laughs> well, wow. and so you may be the only person. No, you're not the only person on earth who's never seen the Terminator. But, but in this I group will say I am, you are missing out on a really spectacular movie, even though, as I mentioned before in a prior co podcast, going back in time, that uh, Harlan Ellison was ripped off by James Cameron mm -hmm. from the uh, episodes from The that. Outer Limits. But it's really, it's a love story. It's really what it is. And it's a beautiful, it's, it's violent. 
but it's it's, it's violent for 1984 i think it was sometimes it sometimes out. you gotta fight for love man but hey, you definitely do in this you definitely do i feel that way about the john wick franchise it's all about love when it comes down to it that's the reason he's fighting everyone because he wants to remember his wife even what though about he the is... beagle what about the beagle well the beagle too but that's also okay. because of his wife so that's like i had a beagle thing too I had a beagle, so I, I that's why my, my favorite character in all of Enterprise is Porthos, because he's a beagle. I yeah, that. Porthos was cool. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted I just want to ask some questions about first contact, sure. just things that have always bugged me. And I see I want to see if I can explain it. Well, this is good because we're examining a time travel film and you're you're breaking it down. Thank you. Yeah. So my first thought is their whole plan to blow up the enterprise. I know obviously it doesn't happen, they don't do that, but it seemed to me that if they blew up the enterprise. And they all went to live on Gravette Island like they were told to. Mm-hmm. And they didn't interfere with anything. So let's say they just like didn't make any changes to the to history. Then what good would that do? Because then presumably our characters would be born again in the future. And the Enterprise would do battle mm-hmm. with the Borg. Then they would mm-hmm. come back in time. And you would just get into a time loop from whatever year first contact was set. And mm-hmm. then so time loop from first contact to uh, April 5th or April 4th, and it would just be a continuous loop, but we would never be able to get past first um, that timeline because they blew up the Enterprise, right? But we don't <laughs> know what they would, had they made it to the island, had they made it to the island and the Enterprise blown up, we don't know what they would have done at that point. Because, right, right, they were in crisis mode to evacuate the ship. So they're not thinking about, they're just thinking about, let's let's get off, let's stay alive, yeah, and just make sure we stay out of history's way, quote unquote, you know, and all that. I like to believe, or I, I can imagine very easily. So they get to the island, they make sure that they can live. They've got food, shelter. Then they've got a moment to be like, okay, we got to do something, plant some seeds, oh, okay, do something okay. to prevent okay. this from happening again. But I think that would, you know, that's not going to happen in the moment of crisis. That's mm-hmm. that's for after they make sure they're alive. Okay. It just seemed like with the line about sand of history's way, it sounds like we're not going to do anything. Whereas in Stargate, well, that's, like, yeah, okay, they're going to try can... to stay. They're going to try to not, they're going to do the least they possibly can right. to not affect anything. But surely there's going to be some changes. Yes. Oh, no, and, it will be for sure. By the way, one of the, one of the things where there might be a hole in the story is the satellites of the time surely would have picked up this Borg sphere and the enterprise flying around well, the, uh, the orbit of earth. Right. So no, because what we don't know is we don't really have a lot of detail of what's going on in the world. You know, there's fractured governments and most, That's you know, an interesting you point. know, so what is really going on? Cause if we think again, I'm in the industry today, right. Yeah, and so yeah. who controls the satellites today? It's, you know, there's a, there's an industry and then there's government stuff. And if your government stuff isn't there and then, well, is there actually, you know, like right now we have a lot of companies that control telecommunication satellites. What if that's all like gone because things didn't survive the war and stuff. So there might be, so the satellites might physically be there, but they're not operational. That is a quite mm. to me, a very, very plausible scenario in that mm-hmm. case. No, oh, that's I good. like it. I yeah. like it. So it's yeah. not like pl- landing a ship in a park and being like, you're mm-hmm. not going to, someone's going to walk. <laughs> everybody into the remember ship. where we parked. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that about, I was, I was wondering how, how did nobody ever find that ship cloaked? Mm-hmm. You know, a dog run into, into it, it, a except bird. Except for the two, 
jogger <laughs> you know? that we're trying to, you know, jog right. in there. Which my favorite characters in that film are the garbage men in Star Trek. I love Trek those 4. guys. I They're still my want to know the full conversation. I didn't I want, see anything. And I want to know what he said to his wife or his partner after she made the comment. Or I want to know what she said to him after the $60 comment. Okay, so that that's interesting. So the yeah, the point about they would do something to influence to prevent it from happening again, that makes sense. To. My other question mm, is Yeah, I don't know how you not influence something or change something. Uh, it's even even if you're trying your best to be as careful as possible. Uh, you you know what I mean? Like like they're they're we, we already know I mean like Riker and Troy aren't going to hook up eventually and have kids and have that affect stuff like are they really going to stay on this island and forever uh, you know i mean I, I just i think it's impossible to not affect something oh no they wouldn't it's just like the way picard says it it makes it sound like we're not going to ever like we orders are not to do anything at all like right. nothing even about hey we should try to do something that we can i don't somehow prevent us from coming back in time or yeah. something it just seems like no no don't do anything Hmm. which it would have been easier if he'd said, but I'm also just taking it too literally. Yeah. I think it would have just been too much thought in that moment of crisis. Right. To, okay. To, yeah. And that would convolute the story so much. So that again, yeah. it has to be linear. We need to know that the heroes survive, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's, that's the one thing about, you know, and not getting into a tangent, but that's the one thing about any movie where the main characters are in peril in the fourth episode of a, of a 20 episode season you know they're not going to die they're going to make it because exactly. the story has to mm -hmm. continue so they had to resolve it in a way where first contact occurs and they are able to get however they go back to their exact point of origin and my other question is and i think we've already talked about this in previous when we're talking about the the uh the triple episode but so mm -hmm. with first contact so are we supposed to assume that the first contact was always supposed to go that way and that it was always that Picard and the rest of the crew came back in time, or was there ever a time where it really was just first contact the way that the characters talk about it? I don't think you can, once time travel enters a picture, I don't think you can actually answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. True. <laughs> Again, that's, that's, uh, thank you. That's the interrelationship between the future, the past and so on, because it has to work that way. And then they have to be able to get back to, at least their point of origin, or maybe a millisecond afterwards, so as mm -hmm. they don't have a paradox of them existing in the same moment at the same time, two of them. Though right. that was covered in the uh, Futurama episode, the late Philip J. Fry, where, um, yeah, that's the episode, which actually is considered the fourth favorite episode of all time and won an Emmy, mm -hmm. uh, where Fry, Bender, and Professor Farnsworth get into a time machine that only goes forward in time. And it's supposed to only go a minute forward in oh. time, but they inadvertently go too far and they witness the end of time. Mm -hmm. And then it starts again. And it happens a couple of times where there's that great line where lean, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot Hitler on the, as we go by the time zone. Oh, I hit uh, Eleanor Roosevelt by mistake. You know, Let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, well okay, yeah. we'll go to the future and we'll, because we know it's going to be a, a loop. Mm -hmm. So maybe in that sense, if time is a, a continuous loop where there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then it restarts itself 
and it's going to be the same thing over again, then yeah, I guess maybe you can go in the past and alter it slightly, and uh, it's still part of the routine. I just so, and if you're looking so, for if you're looking for more on the Vulcan story in First Contact. Um, there's a very interesting original series novel, Star Trek Strangers from the Sky, which mm-hmm. that was a good um, one. really kind of has a little bit different narration there, um, yeah. which is which is very interesting. So if you're a Trek fan, check out Strangers from the Sky. Okay. Yeah, I just hope Lily wasn't ripped off. So I feel like Lily was like supposed to be like she would have been there on that flight. And it's like, is Lily like, is she at least mentioned the history books? And I just hope her her place in history wasn't forgotten. Was she meant to be on the flight or in the control room? I mean, like she's obviously involved, but was she actually meant to be on the flight? I thought she was meant to be on the flight because she's like, I don't want to go up there with a drunken pilot. Oh, that's right. And then he's like, I don't want to go up there sober. But inevitably, (laughs) I learned about what sober meant. (laughs) But inevitably, five year old, which is weird. Which is weird because you talk about not affecting the timeline. Why in the heck were Riker and LaForge on that ship with him? Yeah, because they had to be because they had to be. Well, and Riker did say like a ton of, you know, like, like they did say a ton of stuff to him. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there's the moon. But, you know, in my time, like 50 million people live on the moon. I'm like, why? You're not supposed to say stuff like that. It was like watching. um, uh, Well, why can't I think of it? X-Men Days of Future Past where Mm -hmm. they go back and. It's like Wolverine is just telling care. I can't remember who it, I think it's Wolverine that's just telling characters, "Oh, you're going to grow up to do this one day. You're going to do this thing." Mm-hmm. And that's again, that's where we get into this paradox about time travel. You know, where there are holes in the plot line, we have to ignore yep. to enjoy it because otherwise, yep. we scream at the TV or we scream in the movie theater, and the people next to you don't appreciate that when you stand up going, "No." This can't happen. <laughs> it's impossible. And they go sit down and shut up. You know? right, for, right. for me, it's it's part of the fun. As long it's as I'm fiction, as long yeah. as you're doing it in the sense that, hey, let's have some fun nitpicking. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we should try not to let it um, prevent us from enjoying it. Right. Because after right. all, it is just uh, right. it's, it's, just it's a not TV real. It's like I remember um, I think it was for the season three of TNG, their Blu-rays, they were doing um, a behind the scenes where it was all the writers together. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about a story where Renee and Shavera and another writer, I think maybe Ronald D. Moore, got into an argument where they were like, that's not how time travel works. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, wait, we got to back up. Okay, here. well, so if we're talking about seasons three, I think it was ne- three of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, the best things and the best setup for so much later Next Generation was yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, yeah. I love oh. that was. Mm-hmm. And it was not just yesterday's Enterprise, but when they eventually meet Tasha Yar's daughter. The, so I, I love and hate the line that Picard said where he's like, you know, it's like nothing in my experience like tells me that what you're saying is true. You know, yeah. when he's saying like, look, yeah. I don't believe you, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, I was, but what the line was great and he delivered it so well and I love it. But then when I think about it, I'm like, what the heck do you mean? Nothing in your experience. Haven't you studied history? Don't you know about all the adventures that Kirk has? <laughs> Plus by season three, you guys have already experienced a little bit of time travel yourself. There was where you even met yourself, you know, that, that Times oh, Square yes. episode. Oh. So oh, right. what do you mean? Nothing in your experience tells you this is not true. Like, yeah, it, it's it a great big, line, but it also didn't make sense to me. It's my big gripe with a lot of science fiction where it's like, oh, something's weird happening to a character and characters don't believe them. It's like, well, how come you don't believe me? Didn't you see the other stuff right. we've been going through for the past like 20 years? Right. 
Yeah, that's frustrating. Right. It's like when they say to Riker, hey, you're just stressed out. Drink some milk. That's why you're like freaking out. <laughs> no, there's something weird going on, guys. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of yesterday's Enterprise when I was thinking through next gen episodes. Mm -hmm. There is a lot in next gen right. too. Because mm -hmm. you you know, like they're the the big ones, like Time's Arrow that you had. But then like like this, I guess this I'm gonna say smaller just because they were self-contained episode, like Times Squared, like cause and effect, which is one of my favorite right. episodes. Yeah, I love it. That was good. just a fun episode and to see how they filmed the same scene over and over and over again. Uh, I mean in a matter of time yeah. too. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wait, in a matter. Yes, 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 yes. Oh yeah, the fake yeah. time. Or he is technically a time travel, but he's a fake. Yeah. That's really good. And if you consider the storyline in uh City at the Edge of Tomorrow, mm -hmm. she has to die. Yeah. Right. No that matter what you, 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 they go back in time, they affect what's happening, but they can't prevent her from dying because since it's linear, she's going to die anyway. And that's what's going to happen. And, and I guess, you know, that's where we get into the, the uh, question about, is it good story writing or bad writing? Is it, is it just lazy? Like we can just go back in time and do this. Right. Um, but again, you know, sometimes, Sometimes it's a fun movie like Time After Time with Malcolm McDowell and David Warner where uh, where Jack the Ripper steals his time machine and goes back and goes goes into the future because there is where he can be just what he wanted to be. And he meets the girl he loves and brings her back to the past. So, you know, you can have a, a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. And again, as long as you can get to that point of suspense of belief. Or mm -hmm. as you say, Chris, uh, the ends justify the means. Right, yeah. If the end of the story is qualified by the actions that happen during it, even if it involves time travel, that's good. That's good story writing. That's good movies and TV. And it gives us a chance to uh, enjoy them. Absolutely. You know, and another movie no one has mentioned yet. So getting away from Star Trek for a second. Of course. Ridiculous movie, but it was so much fun. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh. oh, I need to see them. Are they are like are all of them worth going back to? No, just, just the, the one. first one. Just oh. just the first one. Oh, Chris, you should have. That was a good confession time. Oh, that's true. That's right. True. See, that doesn't. It's one of those movies that someone will mention. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a movie that exists. But then yeah. when it's not being mentioned, I'm not really thinking about it. So it's like one that doesn't come to mind. When I'm like, oh, what movies haven't you seen that you should have seen? That's one. Yeah, yeah, I think possibly because it came out when I was in high school. I take for granted that people have seen. Well, same thing with Terminator. I take for granted mm -hmm. that right. I've right. seen these. I feel like every like Terminator is on a different level of Bill and Ted, where mm -hmm. people like Bill and Ted. But I feel like Terminator, everybody talks about Terminator. Well, sure. I, I remember, I remember Adina when Bill and Ted came out. Okay, mm -hmm. I was quite young. I, I think I was. Well, you and I are about the same age. I'm pretty sure it was I, high high school, yeah, it, seventh, eighth grade, maybe. Yeah, okay, I think it was before it high school for me. Just just by two, three years at the most, though. Okay, then maybe it was junior high school. But mm -hmm. but that that movie, even though you, you kind of said it's kind 1989. of 1989. Yeah, it, it was a little silly, but that had a huge effect on culture. It, that mm -hmm. that was a very popular film everybody was. was talking about it especially young people all my friends had seen it, it you know before i did it that film had a big impact culturally 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so disregard previous statement, then strike yeah. it from the record. Yeah, I would agree, which is I think why <laughs> I would take for granted I would take for granted that Uh-oh, people Steve. have just seen the movie. I, I've never seen it. Oh wow. Confession, depth. I I may have seen snips here and there, but I don't think I've ever watched it from start to finish. So um But you know, I guess I'm I'm not so you that surprises me less that for you versus Chris, possibly because our age differences, because, you know, my parents didn't watch Bill and Ted's with me. Not that you're old enough to, <laughs> to be, you know, my mother or father, but you're, you're a little closer to them. Yeah, so yeah. I would, so I'm not too surprised, but I'm, I guess right. I'm a little bit more surprised because even though Chris is younger, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think I'm, I just, yeah. I just remember, I remember parents in, in, in the church world that I, that I'm in, saying we get, we got to make sure we know what's in this film cuz all of our kids are doing this and they're talking weird and you know is there anything we need to be concerned with in this film how it's influenced like it influenced culture it really did it did well and for mm. people who can't say see what what you know Brian just did when he said doing this right i forget we're playing not playing air guitar because you know as we all know that, that was what Bill and Dead did every like second <laughs> you need to make the noise <laughs> You need to make yeah, the air guitar, right. guitar yeah. noise. Yeah. And so, okay, spoiler-ish alert. But yeah, I mean, like they're they're going back in time. They're bringing famous people from history into present day, oh, 1989. And then they're going to send them back, right? So now they're going back with some weird knowledge of the present. It's just really, it is really weird <laughs> and completely just silly ridiculousness. But it's that that's what makes it so much fun is because it's completely ridiculous so if people from the past went to the future were influenced by the future went back to the past mm-hmm. what did saint asylum would they park them in <laughs> good question mm-hmm. shutter island is yeah. the first one that comes shutter to island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want to come back to something you mentioned at the very 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 beginning because this okay. bugs me and i don't think we're going to be able to we, we know an answer i don't know if anyone knows an answer but so, okay, we're pretty certain that that the time machine was the first written science fiction story dealing with time travel. Mm-hmm. But certainly, like, when did people start talking about it? You know, like, <sighs> like I've I've read and listened to some people talk about philosophy and the philosophers, the you know, the, the 17th century philosophers and the ancient philosophers. And I feel like this never comes up. But I'm like, this this had to have come up as a thought experiment way before the time machine was written down. And it bothers me not knowing when were people sitting around and just talking about it. Wondering what the future would be. Yeah. Wondering if Mm. there was ever a way to see the future or ever a way to visit the past. Obviously not in a kind of technological way that we think of when we think of science fiction today. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even, you know, years and years and years, a bazillion years ago, they thought about mechanical men, you know, they thought it, like there were things before it was done in the way we think about it. So, well, when, when did they start t- you know, thinking about or talking about having conversations about time travel? It bothers that, me not knowing the answer to that. That is a good question. And boy, I, uh, <laughs> how, how, you know, how can you research that unless, you I know, don't know. Yeah, that's really good. But like you said, you know, yeah, original stories going back. Well, I mean, the first robot was what? The golem going back Mm -hmm. to, you know, going back. all Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when maybe they also did think about 
wondering what the future was going to bring or be and mm -hmm. and try to fantasize that yeah in a written story because of course it would be that way huh it bothers me not knowing that's all yeah that'd be yeah i don't know wish i had an answer maybe we'll maybe we can go back in time build a time machine go mm -hmm. back in time to figure out when people first thought about time travel but right. uh, but we give hg wells credit for being the first one to publish a, a a, a story yeah. about it mm -hmm. and having oh. written it in a period before even the turn because he was wondering what the future was going to be and even he had a there was the other book the 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 shape of things to come so he was really interested in what the future was going to hold um back before the turn of the century actually happened so that's kind of interesting well mm -hmm. i'm 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 on the ever reliable resourceful and never wrong wikipedia oh thank you um and so there there someone has written here on wikipedia that hindu mythology has a character that um and it's wrapped around buddhism and all that stuff but who travels and goes backwards and forwards and things have changed and this this would predate um hg wells okay I'm going to uh, look into for that. For sure, but okay. I, I want to dig deeper, too, because, you, you know, Wikipedia is fantastic, but you, you do have to dig a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. this is, this is I've, I've made the statement, this is Wikipedia, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong either. So It's um, a good starting yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, you can check yeah. The, 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 they should have a citation or something or a footnote, as they say. Any other films, movies, or, or I think, have we, uh, have we exhausted this discussion? If I leave it open to anybody at this moment, if you have, because I think to me, all the subjects, you know, I was going to bring up the issues I have with Back to the Future, but that's been brought up already. So um, oh. we, we hit on. I think we I, covered it. I yeah, we, we didn't talk about the the Marty, like how do his kids not realize that he looks like their best friend? Again, like, if you. If that's you, a whole other thing. Yeah, if you. Well, it's Superman okay. in the glasses. Here's how I. Know. Here's how Suspension. I reconcile yeah. that. Okay. It's been long enough. They just don't remember what the dude looked like <laughs> and they didn't take pictures of him. Mm. I mean, if I think back to high school, like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember um, that I, I think, I think it can be simply explained that way. It's just okay. been so long. Cool. Okay. I buy it. Okay. There. I do solved solved. the problem. <laughs> I, I do think that as, as I think we've stated perhaps several times, um, and I would just like to state it one more time. Time travel um, has been used in marvelous, entertaining ways in many books, many TV shows and films, and I would guess theater stages too. And um, it is a marvelous storytelling technique. Um, but in reality, it is terrifying um, to think about that possibility. Um, but it's... I think it's one of the great, one of the great things about fiction in literature when done right. Mm -hmm. But now, in reality, my my kiddo, my eleven year old, asked me the other day, you know, if I could time travel back to the past, would I? And when, where, mm, where would I go? That's a great and question. It's a great question. But I feel like I've always had a, a very simple answer because I really, I'm very happy with my life. So mm -hmm. I really don't want to, even though, um, you know, I do talk about, you know, my dad. When my dad passed, I would have tried to prevent that 
but the more time that passes, you know, I, I think I, I can't do that now because that was 10 mm. years ago. So 10 years ago, like the day he died, I certainly would have gone back to prevent right. it. Right? right. Okay. Anytime. But now 10 years later, 10 years of my life has happened. I can't do that. But so at any given time, I would go back a few days or a week with the most recent, the very most recent lottery numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, gonna, just change uh, the last couple of days that is, and then uh, the future. Yeah, that's that's a great thing. I, I think that's worth asking. Is there any, not in our own lives, if, if our mm -hmm. lives could be kept, you know, if we're satisfied with our lives and the people around us who we love and our circumstances, if we could travel in time and have no consequences, what historical event or person would we like to see or meet? Or I think that's kind of an interesting, I that's just, a tough question though. Too. I just want to go back to the, like experience the eighties. I want to see what was life like in the eighties. And maybe if I can hit up a Star Trek movie for the first time and see it in theaters, first viewing, I can tell you, I don't know who would cool. want to meet historically though. Just talk to, just talk to Steve. I, the eighties were cool. I do not want to go back to the 70s, though. That was horrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. And everyone who watches a movie or sees a recreation of the 70s, when I watch these movies, I go, no, you didn't live through it. It was horrible. The cars were terrible. The music was disco. And the clothing was horrible with those lapels that went out to your shoulders and the ties that you could you could uh, cover a table with. Um, okay, yeah, but the I, 80s, we had... Big crazy hair and neon beyond, like neon on top right. of neon on top of yeah. neon. <laughs> Partly thanks Which... to Back to the Future. Mm hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that well, future, the, the, was that the second one? No, we or... were doing neon before because I, I actually have pictures of myself from school. Before, and it was definitely before Back to the Future mm -hmm. came out with this bright pink neon like sweater vest. It was, oh, it's, it's hideous. Remember the MC Hammer <laughs> pants? Yeah, well, oh, that was yeah. that was yeah. like 1990, 1991. Oh, was it? Was yeah. It? Okay, yeah. never mind yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. I just want to just see daily life in the 80s. I want to experience everything and I, just see know, what was it actually like day to day. I I, I got to go back, Steve. Didn't the yeah. 70s produce one of the greatest films of all time, The Omega Man? Star Wars. Uh, yes. <laughs> it also produced the film um, Soylent Green. And as I understand, this is the year when Soylent Green took place. So... Um, Hmm. Yeah, that's been posted a few times that the storyline takes place in 2022. Um, also, again, the other thing about Back to the Future that made it for a long time pure fantasy, Back to the Future 2, mm -hmm. was that the Cubs won the World Series. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> was For the longest I said, no, this movie is Stupid. pure fantasy. They are never going to win the World Series. And then they proved us wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a few years earlier than the film. <laughs> Well, well, you just ruined I, if, the film for me then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have um, discussed this to um, as far as we can go, then this has been another rousing and interesting conversation amongst the four caballeros of the Big Sci-Fi Big Sci-Fi podcast. Um, the next one will be a, also an interesting conversation about two different film series comparing the pros and con which is better which is worse why why not and so on so to uh, kind of introduce that i'm going to do it in this style if you don't mind uh, let 
let's get ready to rumble in this corner debuting in 1966 with 11 live action and animated tv series 13 movies and countless books star trek and in this corner debuting in 1977 with 15 animated and t- live action tv series 11 movies and also countless books star wars but i know that woo, 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 woo. <laughs> whatever we say we love them both yes mm-hmm. we're gonna probably yeah. need to draw out some ground rules though Exactly, but it's going to be about <laughs> diversity. So not which is actually a better series, but like how they explore oh, diversity. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right. Yep. Awesome. So with that, fun. Brian, if you'd like to send us off with any last words. Wow. Thank you, sir. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to say that time travel is awesome. And this discussion has been awesome because there are three other awesome people on this podcast and four of us all together. And uh, we just so look forward to you guys listening to this and interacting with us. We'd love to invite you to email us at big sci-fi podcast uh, at gmail.com. And uh, we'd, we'd just love to hear from you and uh, share this uh, as much as you can on your social me- media. Email it. Um, just talk to somebody about the Big Sci-Fi Podcast if you like this. Uh, and uh, we'd love to see you next time as we talk about Trek in the Wars. It should be interesting, folks. Have a good rest of the week.